0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my usual co-hosts with me today. Um, First up, he's our other lore columnist over at Blizzard Watch. That would be Matt Rossi. Say hi, Rossi. Hey, everybody. And then, of course, I've got our second co-host, and that would be Joe Perez. Say hello, Joe. Well, hello, everybody. (laughs) How are you guys doing?
1: Warm. But good. Yeah, it's
2: it's hot here. I
0: think there's like a heat wave over the entire like country right now. It's pretty terrible.
1: I can usually tell how hot it is by whether or not my dogs have become liquid. <laughs> If so they're Sylvan- in- Sylvanas is kind of like sprawled out in the middle of the floor as flat as she can get.
0: If they have melted, then it's probably pretty terrible. All right. Well, this week we've got we're kind of in an in-between state. I know last week we talked about Overwatch because, you know, Overwatch had just come out. So it seemed like a good thing to talk about. The, the movie has not come out yet. It actually comes out later this week for those wondering and not listening on Patreon. If you're listening on the website, we record this. We're recording this on Sunday. The what is today? The 5th? It's the yes, 5th. It is it's the, 5th. 5th. It's the 5th. And the Warcraft movie comes out on the 10th. So we're kind of in this nebulous in-between area. And... Luckily, we had a question kind of dropped in our laps, and I think that it's probably a pretty good question and a pretty good subject to talk about, especially given the upcoming expansion and given the events surrounding that expansion and the history leading up to everything that's happened in it. So this question is from, where's my, okay, Ezrian, and I'm not sure who Ezrian is or what server they are on, but they were reading the novels and they had this to say they said question i'm still looking for anyone who felt the way that i did about rise of the horde i'm trying to look at Prophet Velen objectively and understand how he could justify his actions the only conclusion i can come to is that his his exodus from argus was poorly written and i wasn't meant to think about it and that's just so unsatisfactory to me i'm not sure where we're going here but we're gonna keep going he says, I'm I'm assuming that somewhere I will find some more lore about this because while Pedia talks about Velen having a son, and I haven't come across the telling of that story yet, but I'm just not sure that I'll find the reasoning I'm looking for since I haven't been able to find any answers yet. The thing is, I understand the principle of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. When Velen anticipates the siege of, siege of Shatrath, His impulse is to evacuate the city, but he was advised that if the orcs' bloodlust was not sated, if they found the city empty of Draenei, they would continue searching until they found the rest of the Draenei and wipe them out. But if instead they were able to kill many of the Draenei, Velen and a handful of others could escape. Velen was upset by this, but he understood the necessity in it and chose which of his followers would stay behind to die. This seems cruel... But I can understand his decision here in terms of the greater good of being able to possibly defeat Sargeras someday. What I can't understand, though, is that in order to preserve his own life and that of his followers, he led Kiljaden on a massacre of inhabited planets and, worse, strengthened the Legion by adding to their recruits on each planet he fled to. I understand that the Burning Legion was in the business of destroying and assimilating worlds. Kiori even consoled Velen grieving about abandoning the world's inhabitants to their destruction or induction into the Burning Legion as he fled to safety, saying Jaden, Archimon, and Zargaris would have destroyed another world in the same amount of time. And I understand that Velen wasn't capable of saving every world from them, but I don't know why he couldn't have at least tried to save some of the races on the particular worlds he led the Burning Legion to. You're all already dead anyway. Doesn't seem like a good enough reason to dismiss their lives as unimportant. At the very least, on Dranor, where he had years and years and years to recruit, help, and build his forces. I realize that the orcs would likely not have been inclined to help in his crusade, even if Durtan and Orgrim were sympathetic, which I think they would have been, albeit perhaps also very angry at being put in danger by Velen's presence on their world. They would have had difficulty convincing the other orcs to help. I think their best bet would have been to enlist the ancestors, who would have been able to convince the shaman to help? The ancestors turned their backs on the shaman, and the elements withdrew when the orcs were slaughtering Drenai. So they evidently would have been predisposed to aid the Drenai. And if the orcs didn't help the Drenai and refused Velen's request, at least there would have been an actual justification for considering orcs the bad guys, as people seem to do regardless.
2: There's a lot of problems with this. Oh yeah, and I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say the first problem: you are assuming that Velen led the Burning Legion anywhere. Right. He didn't lead them. They were searching the cosmos. They found okay. him. He left. Okay. They before, you, before you go off
0: entirely, okay. I feel like the best way to address this, because there are several incorrect assumptions in this, I feel like the best way to address this is to actually go over that period of history, because we haven't done that yet, and talk about Velen, Jaden, Sargeras, the Draenei, Archon, and... all of that. What went down? what happened after and just kind of address it from here's what those events were.
1: (laughs) We we should probably also at least give a little bit of a warning that if you're trying to avoid Legion spoilers, because part of this,
0: we will be uh, talking,
1: we're going to be talking about Legion in, in regards to some of these, these questions and assumptions.
0: Right. And, and that's, yeah, if you're avoiding Legion spoilers, you probably want to turn around, walk away, come back later. It's all good. But in order to really kind of, straighten out every the the misconceptions that are in here because i totally hear you rossi there's a ton in here (laughs)
2: yeah it's like i'm sitting here going what what
0: (laughs) i know i know i know but i feel like we should just like take a deep breath take a step back and just go from step one onwards so rossi you are like an old hand with all of this and understand it like inside and out why don't you start with okay here's velen archimon kill jaden on argus what happened
2: Going back at least, and we don't know for absolute sure, I mean, even even Chronicle doesn't give us an exact so many, you know, but at least 25,000 years ago, um, the planet Argus had already had multiple civilizations on it, rise and fall, and it was currently in the middle of a quote-unquote a quote golden age, uh, where the, the native Drani, I mean native Eredar, had mastered magic to a level you know mortal races had not seen this mastery of magic this was the kind of stuff that most sorcerers only dreamed of and there were lots of civilizations in the, in the universe the great dark beyond
0: if Shara so, had been alive she would have been wanting to
2: invade there yeah, um, <laughs> this was a, th- these guys were amazingly talented at magic they they grasped it in a way that had not been grasped before and they were achieving a a golden age their society was Almost perfect. It was as close to perfect as you could really get. And it was ruled by a triumvirate. They didn't have a single supreme leader. The Draenei have a, the, I keep saying the Drani, but back then it was the Eredar. The Eredar had a concept of things working in threes. They like to have groups of three that are in charge of things. Um, they, they do this on the local level, and then they go all the way up to the, the top leaders of their people. The leaders of the Eredar were Velen, Archimond, and Kil'Jade. And each of them kind of symbolized a certain aspect of leadership they the you know Kill Jaden was the intelligent uh piercing you know he was very much a plotter and a, a planner um Archimonde was a motive force he was like a strong boisterous leader he was the kind of person who could unite people behind him um and get them to you know to act he was an active person and velen was the contemplative wise one that you know the three of them worked together very well but while Archimond was certainly, you know, he was a member of the Triumvirate and a fr- respected friend. It was Kiljaden and Velen who were like brothers. They were so close. They even called each other brother when they spoke. Um, we don't know for sure if they actually were brothers. Or they were not. Versus,
0: they know. were not blood related.
2: Okay, is that for set sure that now? to straight. Yeah. Okay, but they they were that close. I
0: mean, if they were, I don't know about it.
2: Yeah, because, I've never seen like, it written by one way or the other.
0: When I was working on the Ultimate Visual Guide, we had like we had relationships kind of like tagged in there and Velen was not listed with any siblings. So, but they called each other. They did, you
2: know, brother. And it was sort
0: of like a Grom and thrall kind of the whole brothers in all,
2: but blood, these guys were super tight. And as a result, they, they worked well together. I mean, they could, they could both balance Archimons, more boisterous personality. And yet Archimon could provide impetus. Like the two of them were very likely to sit around and just talk and think all day. They'd be like, what if we did this? But what if we did this? Could we do something, please? Oh, oh, yeah, we, we should totally actually do something. We can come up with a perfect way to do it better. For now, we'll just do, you know, the perfect Sammy, the good, we'll do something. And it worked great for untold. I don't know how long this lasted because, you know, it's it's the Aradar and the, how long they live is kind of up in the air. But eventually, when Sargeras had gotten done with his great big titan, you know, Cleany house. He he came out of that feeling kind of weakened because you know they they were titans. They'd put up a fight. He'd lost a lot of demons. He'd gotten personally injured, and he realized, uh, I can't just throw demons at every problem. I need leadership. I need someone to run this whole thing. And it can't just. I can't have to be in charge of every single decision. So I need to find people who who I can work with
0: who are well versed in the spirit of leading things. Also. So, yeah. For the record of just to step in as an aside, I double checked. Velen is listing listed his relatives are listed as unknown. So yeah. we really don't know. It, it hasn't been defined anywhere. But, but even even if he are relatively certain that he and Kill Jaden, they're not blood brothers or anything like that.
2: At any rate, might as well have been, you know, two brothers from different mothers, sort of thing. Yeah. They're they're, they're close. So um, Sargeras is looking through the universe and he stumbles upon multiple societies, some of which are actually mentioned in the artifacts, like the, the demon hunter tank artifacts. The I forget what they're called, but they mention another of the races he considered. Um, but the ones he settled upon were the the Eridar, because the Eridar, they they had everything he was looking for. And he goes to them and whilst he is kind of crazy and fell-touched, he is still – A titan and he's capable of presenting himself as a titan he goes to them and says i've noticed you um and i want to perfect the universe too you you want to have a perfect society i want to have a perfect universe and together you can help me achieve that goal and i in return i can give you knowledge you've not yet even dreamed of i can teach you things beyond your ability currently to comprehend or even conceive of and, and he didn't show up all fire and brimstone oh no. or anything. He showed up. He like made tar-
0: himself look like a respectable gentleman, demon, I, god, entity, whatever you want to call. He didn't show up to scare them.
1: Right. He no. showed up like an old spice commercial. You know.
0: Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> uh,
2: and they sat down and they look thought about world. it. Look your world. Look at me. <laughs> they sat down and they they thought about what he had said. And you know, Arkhamon was like, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do this. Why wouldn't he's gonna? He'll give us all the knowledge in the universe. And uh Kil Jaden was thinking about it and Ar and Velen's like, I don't I don't wanna say anything, but this feels wrong. I don't I don't buy it. And kill Jaden's like, but come on, all the knowledge you and I have been talking about this kind of stuff for years. This is what we want, isn't it? The draenei had an artifact sorry, I keep saying Drenae, the Eridar had an artifact called the atamal Crystal, which they didn't know where it came from. And uh the crystal itself was ancient and it was a cornerstone of their culture. Velen went to it because, as I said, cornerstone of the culture. And he was you know, Velen's the kind of guy that liked to look within for insight and wisdom and all that stuff. So he began meditating in front of the crystal and he's he's thinking about everything that it was that they've been offered. You know, all the power, all the knowledge, the knowledge especially. The the the, the could have power. Like power was something they could just reach out their hands and have. Um so he wasn't that turned on by that idea. But the knowledge, knowledge was a big deal to him. That's the reason he and, Ar- and uh, jaden got along so well. So he's meditating on it, and he gets a vision. And the vision is of Sargeras giving him everything he promised, and the price of the promises. Because Sargeras, as we know, was insane. And more than willing to kill, you know, his own family to to achieve his ends. He's in fact, his end was to kill everything. And so Velen saw his people would learn everything because everything would be dead, and there'd be nothing left to learn. His people would be powerful and wise. And would use that wisdom to destroy and harm others. And their power would be entirely gained through the corruption and destruction of life. And technically Uh, speaking, though, technically speaking, Sargeras wasn't
0: exactly lying. Because he was saying he wanted to create a pure and perfect universe. It's just, in order to do that, he needed to purge what was already there.
2: Yeah, Sargeras' idea of perfect was, you know, equated with dead. And he'd use the Eridar to get there. The Eridar would be unrecognizable from what they were when Velen was, you know, their, one of their three triumvirs, they would be gone, essentially. Everything that he knew and loved about his people would be destroyed on the altar of naked power and avarice. And so he realized, I, I can't go along with this, but he also realized, I'm not strong enough to stop this. My my people are too... They're already going, and I can't stand against this being. How? What do I do? Like, you know... And he, and he despaired because he couldn't see a way out. Like there wasn't, how is he going to get himself and the people that would listen to him away in time? And that's when the crystal spoke to him. And through the crystal, actually, uh, I want to say Kure, was it Kure who spoke to him?
1: Yeah. Kure. Yeah.
2: Kure, the, the, not one of the Naru spoke to Velen and said, uh, hi, you don't know me, but I know you. And what I have for you is an offer and it's a lot simpler. Get your people together and get off of there i will help you do it and he's like but but i can't leave so many of my people there no you you will not be able to convince them and you'll die trying this get who you can and make your way to the the highest most sacred peak on your planet and i will reveal to you the way out is it kure or is it cure i always say kure just because there's that glottal stop in it and yeah I don't know how else okay it. i always go cure
0: because it's like cure only with a K instead of a C and that's kind of yeah. well it was the solution to their problem so I guess that makes sense But because the thing is, right.
2: is you have the, the current eye oh yeah that's right and if they were the cure and I I don't know I would be like what that would be weird that's, yeah but so all yeah right. that's that's pretty much that's the end of that one so it
0: yeah basically what happened was Velen didn't really have a choice because when you look at the enormity of what the Burning Legion was even before the Eridar came into the
2: picture yeah, they already had enough demons to, to fight the Titans.
0: And they had enough demons where they could have wiped out Argus entirely and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Because, you know, Sargeras kind of had a short list of of people that he could be working with. Mm-hmm. The Eridar were just the first option on a list. A fairly lengthy list. So if the Eridar hadn't worked out, okay, cool. I'll just get my giant ball of demonic mob here to wipe out your planet and we'll move on. Um There was no way that Velen or anybody that agreed with Velen's way of thinking were going to survive that kind of onslaught. It just wasn't going to happen. And the other thing was that Kiljaden and Archimond were so fascinated with Sargeras and they were so gung-ho about this idea of unlimited knowledge that... They were going to go with it regardless of what Velen said. Velen could have told them, you know, Velen did tell them. Did he tell them about the vision? Oh, yeah, no, he, he did. did. He told them. I thought he told them about the vision and they were like, nah, nah, nah. You're just paranoid. Don't worry
2: about it. It's he told him he had misgivings. That was before he had the vision. Yeah. He had the vision after he'd already said, no, guys, I'm not sure. And they're like, trust us. It'll be fine. Yeah. And that's when he went off to have the vision because he had the vision. The vision told him, no, don't. Don't go talk to them. The vision
0: basically showed him yeah. what Sargeras and the Burning Legion were going to do to the Eridar. What would happen to the Eridar who decided to follow him. What they would turn into. How how corrupt they would become. And Velen couldn't... He noped out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, he noped, out of there, he noped right out of there as fast as he could. Um, with the help of this Snaru, who took the remainder, took Velen... And took the people who were loyal to Velen and the people who were really not down with this whole Sargeras thing, took them all, got them off of Argus, and took them on this magical journey through
2: and goodness only knows out, how many realities and whatnot. Yeah? Should be pointed out that when they left Argus, the, uh, Archimonde and Kil'jaeden had already taken the deal. Yeah. They, and didn't, they
0: didn't wait for Velen yeah. to make up his mind.
2: The, and the the, the uh, many of the Erudar had already turned and were were physically hunting uh, Velen and his people. Because
0: basically, Arkhamon and Kel went. You know what? It's two against three or two against one. We win. <laughs> we're gonna go yeah. do this thing, whether you like it or not, and we'll just talk you into it later. Um, which was kind of. A bad thing to do. But yeah, since Velen took his people and left, Kiljaden saw this as almost a personal insult because here's this guy who he thought of like a brother who basically turned on him, turned his back on him and left rather than join him in this wonderful whatever it is. That Sargeras has for him. And he was really, really mad about this. He was so mad about this that he vowed to hunt down Velen and the rest of these Eredar, who then took the name Draenei. And they took the name Draenei specifically because of their situation when they left the world.
2: Yeah. Um, It means exiles in in Eredar. Yeah,
0: it means exiled ones in Eredar. And they... That's what they were as far as they were concerned. That's what they were. So they took that name and they bore it. And while they were traveling with the Naru, the Naru started to teach them about the light. Um, And that's where they learned all of that. So that was a part of magic that they had not mastered as of yet. They were pretty or much even, masters of the, the Or the, even
1: thought of really, right? Or
0: even yeah. thought about, yeah. It, it was kind of a new concept and it was a really powerful one that resonated with them. A lot, and they went from world to world to world trying to find a place far enough away from the Legion that they could simply settle and live in peace and try and work on a way to stop what the Legion was doing. Um, and Joe, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that journey and also what happened on Draenor?
1: So I mean, throughout that journey, and this is kind of important, is, and we, we've talked about this, is that every time Kill Jaden, who was the principal force behind this hunting of, you know, the Dhanai, uh, there was always a vision, there was always uh, this warning, and there was always something new gifted to Velen that allowed him to, you know, get his people out of Dodge and go from these, you know, different places. And it wasn't, and this is sort of important, it, it wasn't so much that he was abandoning those people or those worlds and these these countless civilizations uh, to what was going to be coming at the hands of the Burning Legion, so much as he understood that in order to fight this evil that is consuming the universe, him and his people needed to survive for x amount of time and Plus, to find I this mean, place.
2: One thing that needs to be pointed out: they didn't. A lot of times they left before the Legion found them. Yes, and so the Legion didn't go to those worlds right away because there was no reason to. Right. Because they were getting visions. A lot of times, like a lot of these worlds, when they did get destroyed by the Legion, got destroyed by the Legion just because the Legion was destroying worlds.
1: And that's the other thing because of these guys. Yeah, and that's the other thing to keep in mind too during this time is that the Legion is is already constantly expanding and consuming worlds. It wasn't just mindlessly following, you know, the the They were doing their other thing as well. Like this was this is still going on across the entirety of the universe. So then eventually what winds up happening is uh, Velen winds up crashing into, or, or I should say landing into Draenor.
2: No, crashing uh, is accurate, man. Crashing <laughs> is what happened.
1: I want to give them the benefit of they the doubt. They kind of
2: impaled the planet crashed. with a spaceship, you know. Yeah, the ship, the ship landed super vigorously. Then, let's put it that way. That, okay, it, it landed super vigorously.
1: It implanted itself. Oh. Uh, Ashokan it,
2: hugged the planet as hard as it could.
1: Ashagon, which means Mountain of Spirits, how, how appropriate, since they left it on a mountain, uh, and they sort of branched out from there and started to uh, make their way into Draenor. This actually involved uh, them setting up Shathrath, which was going to be their uh, their capital, uh, Velen actually establishing the Temple of Karabor as his own private refuge uh, at the very eastern edge of where the Shadowmoon clans were, uh, Shadowmoon clan, and then actually during this time period and I thought this is kind of interesting Velen actually meets Duraton and Agram Doomhammer which I think is kind of cool so because you have to understand like yes the orcs are going to become this thing later on but the seeds already have been planted of yeah this this dude's not so bad why do why are we going to go over there and kill them because they, he was nice to us once you know
0: it, yeah Velen and the Drenai they didn't have anything against any of the creatures that inhabited any of the worlds that they landed on. And with Draenor in particular, the reason that they landed so violently on Draenor is because one of the Naru was already starting like to die, correct? Yeah, Kara. Kara was already starting to fail, and they had to kind of make an emergency landing in doing... so, That's why Ashagun, and it wasn't Ashagun at the time, the orcs... It's the Genadar. Yeah. yeah, it was the Genadar. The orcs later named it Ashagun because the spirits seemed to coalesce around this mountain, this diamond of a mountain that just sort of appeared. Nobody could remember when it appeared or how long ago it had been. You know, many generations of orcs prior to this remembered that this mountain's existence. And so they called it Ashagun to just kind of like address oh, yeah. the fact that the spirits were drawn to it. So when they wanted to go talk with their ancestors, they'd go there because that's where they all were. The funny part is that the spirits were being drawn there by
2: Dora?
0: Yeah. The Naru in the bottom of it that was already starting to kind of darken, which wasn't a good thing for a yeah, Naru. He
2: was, he was injured in the crash.
0: He was injured in the crash and he was starting the whole cycle of darkening. And in doing so, he was drawing spirits to himself and he regretted the fact that he had to do it. But in Burning Crusade, when you talk to him he says that he you know, he regrets having to do it, but it's part of that whole life cycle which is kind of creepy when you think about it but yep. uh, moving on anyway velen velen didn't really like it wasn't a deliberate oh i'm going to just lead the burning legion on a merry goose chase through the war- through the universe and let them destroy everything the legion was already in the process of destroying everything and kill jaden wasn't really like dead set i mean he wasn't on their footsteps or anything like that kill jaden had a very specific role within the burning legion he was kind of recruiting races and bringing them in and he was looking for races that would strengthen the burning legion's numbers but he also was keeping his eye out for the draenei that had fled well didn't he have had, like he had, yeah. he had
1: agents like specifically specific, set to seeking for them
2: yeah there's one guy who was one of ellen's closest friends who ended up joining the legion and he's the guy who Velen, like kill jaden said you know he he betrayed you too he left you too. find him for me like when you're going through the worlds looking for you know when you're doing your normal job just keep an if, eye out if you see him if you see a sign of him and that's the thing they were going from world to world conquering them and destroying them and corrupting people anyway and they'd come to a world and be like do you see the with the draenei are there that's how it worked it wasn't he was popping around from world to world going Oops, no draenei boom leave no, they were on those planets to conquer them anyway, and if they happened to be a sign of the Dranai, great. They just did not so happen to be a sign. Whether
0: or not the Dranai had settled, whether or not the Dranai had fled to begin with, that mm-hmm. path of destruction would have still happened. So it wasn't really anything that Velen had done. It wasn't anything that the Dranai had done. And there wasn't. I mean, was it something that Velen regretted? Yeah, sure. Because the thing is, what Velen really wants to see is the end of the Burning Legion. Yeah. You know, he has these visions and one of these visions is of the Army of Light, you know, coming together and defeating the Burning Legion. Velen Velen and Velen's visions, he sees, he's almost like the Draenei equivalent of Nazdormu in a way to me kind of yeah because he, he sees all of, of, of these yeah. yeah he sees all of these possibilities now Nozdarmu is looking across like timelines and things like that velen is getting these randomly assigned visions and he's not sure which one is correct or maybe they all are maybe they aren't maybe we should pick you know pick and choose which ones are the right ones so velen has A lot going on in his head, to put it lightly. He has a lot going on in his head. But he does know that in these visions, one day there is going to be that final showdown. And they will be there to be part of that final showdown. And they will find heroes that are powerful enough to fight and defeat the Legion. Which kind of leads us, I guess, a little bit to the Legion expansion. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm wondering is, Is the Legion expansion, is this the army of light that Velen saw? Is this, is is this the beginning of the final showdown?
2: Well, we know that there's certainly, um, one of the things that happens is that the, the are involved in this expansion. The Naru do in fact appear, um, We've got that from
1: not only the Illidan book, but also everything we're seeing from, you know, the beta and alpha now, too, with a lot of the quests, uh, including the uh, the priest order hall stuff.
0: And we can go ahead and talk spoilers here because we did give a spoiler warning at the beginning of the show. So spill it. Priest stuff. Talk about it. It's fine. Talk about all of it. What are we getting from the Naru? I
1: was going to say, admittedly, I only know secondhand. So if you guys have completed the priest stuff, feel free. I haven't
2: even looked at it. (laughs) I, I'm that, still working on warrior stuff, sorry. Yeah,
0: we know that we're getting we're getting a lot of information as far as this goes in Legion. We know that there's a lot of stuff that's being revealed about the Naru. Um From what I have heard, and I haven't played through it myself, um, big spoilers, guys. We learn about Alloon and who... Well, that one, it? yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: because when you look at the various Titan artifacts, the Pillars of Creation... Um, I wrote about this this week in the in the uh, queue of all things when people were asking about possible raids, and I mentioned the Pillars of Creation are the Aegis of Agramar, the uh, the Hammer of Kazgaroth, the Eye of Ag- of, of Amanthul, the Tidestone of Golgoneth, and the Tear of Alun.
0: One of these things is not like the yeah. others.
2: That's like that's not. But uh, it is. Yeah. So go ahead if you yeah you should tell it since you're the Alun person.
0: It Elune isn't anaru. Alune created the naru there is a connection there i'm so happy about that <laughs> I'm like, i knew it there had to be some kind of connection if she's not one okay created them that's the same thing that's fine um i don't know if it was specified whether Alune is actually a titan or if she's above that
2: see i i haven't, I haven't done this
0: quest yet i've just yeah, heard I, I
2: this i haven't seen it specified yet it seems likely to me that Alune is either aonar Or Or she's as she's Azeroth.
0: She's some kind of like
2: because here's the thing. Here's the thing. They talk a lot about how Azeroth's world soul will become a Titan far more powerful Mm -hmm. than the the, in the other Titans. And then they then Cossack dropped that little thing about how we're not going to see it. And that got me thinking. I mean, he took it back later. Mm -hmm. But what got me thinking is, where is Alun from? (laughs) All the myths of Alun say that she rises and falls into the well of eternity. Yep. The Well of Eternity is the wound created on Azeroth when the Titans s- slew... Um, oh bloody heck! What's his name? The Middle One. Yasharaj. Ya- Yasharaj. When the Titans killed Yasharaj, they created that wound, and that wound is the lifeblood of the of the world. It's the Titans' world souls. It's 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 life force. If a loon rises and falls from that, if a loon finds Ysera sacred. Enough then, to cry for, then that implies that Alun is connected to the Emerald Dream, which is the dream of Azeroth. Right. And there that's that's the likeliest possibility.
0: The other possibility is that Alun is some kind of avatar of the light, like standing against the void.
2: That's also entirely possible.
0: On that on that map of the and Remember how we talked about um, there were void lords and then there was, you know, the there was that whole step in between. With mm-hmm. the with the void and how we talked about with the light, it was like there was the light and then there was the Naru, and that middle step was missing.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: a loon is that missile st- missing middle or step.
1: The other the other idea is though, and this got me thinking when I when I started hearing about that is, we talked about how the old gods are projections of this great the Void Lords or whatever the case is. Right. What if there's something above the Void Lords, and what if it's the antithesis to a loon? Right. What if what if that's that's the balance? Is that this whole system? is almost perfectly mirrored in that regard
0: yeah because i wow. mean we've got we've got the old gods and then we've got the naru on that spectrum and then we've got the void lords and then we've got nothing on the light end and what i'm saying is maybe alune is is that step where she's like the mm-hmm. direct dichotomy to the void lords which would explain why there's a blank there and it would also kind of explain why she's so powerful and yeah she was able to create the naru just like the void lords were able to create the old gods
2: in a way. Um, I would also explain why, you know, she doesn't do a lot. Mm-mm. Because just like the void lord, she couldn't come into our world. Our world can't support her. But, but it's she like had the to, essence she had of light. Yeah. Essence of light, well, essence d- of creation. I do find myself wondering though if it's an all on the lines of I don't know. I still think that there's a possibility of it being ANR because of the the idea that we, you know, Either A&R or the world itself, because we don't know where a and went. We don't know if a and went into Freya or not. Um, and we don't know if she stayed in Freya, because Freya had the avatar of Freya running around at the same time. So,
1: But then it, the, then it opens up a whole other set of questions, too, because technically aren't the artifacts that the, uh, the dry used from Eon's before even Sargeras found them before anything ever happened there like this is where the timeline gets a little confusing if that's the case like how do those artifacts get to Argus and how are they tied to the Naru from then
2: the titans existed far beyond before that they couldn't easily have made them. sure but the yeah. thing is Azeroth yeah. had and, like we don't no, know we when Azeroth this, like was the Naru you know, were crystal te- the Naru were crystal technology then because they the they Naru made the big crystal ships the uh the Genadar, mm-hmm. the Tempest Keep, the Exodar—all of that—that's all made by the by the Naru. That's Naru technology. It's all that that crystalline stuff. The only place we've ever seen anything like it is in Titan places. And there's a place in Misapandaria—not Misapandaria, sorry—in Draenor where we see similar technology, similar crystalline structures, and similar um, robots. The Arakoa civilization, which is based in light. Well, I guess so the, the if question, if, uh, go ahead. Now if it's Titan related, that could explain that because we've been told that the Titans went to Draenor as well. But if it's not Titan related, if Elun transcends the Titans she's some light being from you know from light, if she's like that kind of the antithesis to the void lord, she's like a light lord, is she the only one or does she in fact have is there an Anchi?
0: Is there, is there a pantheon mm-hmm. of them, and is Anshi the
2: other one? Um, and the other question is, did she affect Draenor? Did she make those those people as well? Is that where their technology comes from? Because it's very similar to the the, the Naru technology.
0: Well, and it's very – it's, it's a, a lot of the correlations that I saw with um, Draenor and with Azeroth and with the Titans, and it all kind of ties back to the Titans, is when we look at the Titan beacons, um, particularly, we look at the Titan Beacon in Dalaran, the signal that Ronan sends out to stop what's going on with Algalon, with the Algalon encounter. And mm-hmm. then also the beacons that we see down in uh, Uldum, the, the, the beacons on the top of each of the pyramids that are out there. They're all like these columns of light going up to the sky, presumably to contact the Titans, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Look at Shatrath. Look at Shatrath and Burning Crusade. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. There's I
0: that see. giant beacon of light going right up into the sky. And I've noticed this before. And then it, they're gone now. They're gone now. And I, every once in a while, I, I think to myself, were those really there or was I imagining that? But each of the towers that the Argent Dawn put up in the eastern Plaguelands, they also had a column of light mm-hmm. going up to the sky. And, and so did, uh, what's it's? What's the Argent Dawn capital thing there in the Plaguelands?
2: Uh, Light's Hope.
0: Light's Hope. Yeah. Light's Hope also had like there was a beacon of light going up to the sky. And that was kind of like, oh, well, that's where all the paladins live. Of course, there's going to be a column of light there because, hello, it's the light. It's paladins. But what if that's all connected? So, yeah, I do kind of see that
2: whole correlation with Alune and the Titans because. Plus, we know the Titans actually can tap into the light. Yeah. So for all we know, Alune created the Titans. <laughs> or maybe the titans titans are (laughs) we know that the titans are like our planets that develop into beings i'm looking at the cosmology thing here and you have light which is next to uh fire and life which creates you know there's like light discord life order i mean arcane which is like the order part um death and shadow and the titans are actually fairly close to shadow Mm -hmm. but that doesn't well, mean that that's where you would put something. If you were trying to move against the void lords as a light entity and don't want to enter our reality, you'd want to strike as close to them as you could. It, do you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, and, and that's why I like and where I was going with it is I- I'm kind of coming back to real world creation myths and a lot of them that have that that duality between light and dark and how, you know, light and dark are the ultimate extremes of this, this sort of spectrum. Right. Mm-hmm. And that well, they, they, they can exist with.
2: The Naru proved something based on that idea, though. If you, for instance, you're talking Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrian is sort of Manichaean in that way. It's not Manichaean. Manichaeanism is, but the duality of light and darkness always work around the idea that you cannot have one without one without
1: another. the other, right? Yeah. Uh,
2: even going back to Kabbalism, the idea of that before the limitless light, there's no shadow. Therefore, there's no light. There's no differentiation. There's no idea. Without the 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 Naru proved this. The Naru we go back to the Naru, The Naru are the light darkness cycle. And Anne was talking about this. Um Dore in Ashugun is pulling souls to him because he needs the energy of them to regenerate, to re enter his life cycle. It's part of their life
0: it's mm-hmm. it's just part of their being. Um and, and he regrets the actions, but he can't prevent them because that's just what they are.
2: Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think, like, in terms of we're kind of getting away from the original idea of this quest of the, the email, the idea of, like, you know, why did Velen not help all these people? Rossi, this the, is
0: lore watch. We can go I wherever just, we
2: want. <laughs> all I'm saying is that the, that is the reason why Velen couldn't help all these people. Ultimately, the reason is, is because Velen has limits and these cycles are cosmic. Velen, for all of his knowledge and his power, he is very powerful. Go ahead and try and raid him if you think he isn't powerful. Um, He is mortal. He's a limited being. He's one
0: small speck in a universe, and that universe has this massive, massive plan that he's just like this one tiny part. He's like a moat of dust in a sunbeam, and and there's only so much he can do. And And he understands that, so he's trying to kind of influence things how he can because he thinks that, you know... If things shift in the right direction, if he, you know, heeds these visions and takes the correct steps that he needs to be taken, that he needs to be taking anyway, um, eventually that army of light will come together to wipe out the Legion. The funny part is, will it wipe out the Legion? Maybe. But is the Legion really the big problem here? No. Chronicle told us that it's not.
1: You know? But at least it's one less thing to worry about. And it the is. other thing, the other thing to consider too is that Velen, for as powerful as a being as he is, and you touch on this, he's mortal. The amount of of burden he bears and has borne for countless millennia at this point is ridiculous. And coming back to just a little bit of Legion stuff, because I want to answer one part of uh, the email we received here. Uh, it it keeps piling on him even throughout this expansion. So during the Priest Order Hall stuff. Uh, you are actually sent by Velen to rescue or aid the Naru Oros, because Oros is the only one that can use the artifact Light's Heart against the Legion. However, the, the, the Legion force that is is attacking this Naru is under the command of General Rakish. Throughout this event, we find out that Rakish is Velen's son, tortured and made into a weapon by Jaden specifically to fight against Velen to basically to wound him and hurt him in the most profound way that he possibly can.
0: And this is kind of fun too, because um, this is also why in the ultimate visual guide, Velen's relatives are listed as unknown. unknown. <laughs> we didn't know about Rakesh. Now we do. Now we
1: do. And, and it gets even worse too, because now what winds up happening is Rakesh does disintegrate Aros. Rakesh actually destroys Anaru.
0: Oros is the one that's in the Exodar, correct? Yes. Yes. Oh
1: boy! Now, now as Velen realizes that Rakeish is his son, he tries to stop you from killing him. While he's trying to get into a, fe- well, we're basically Rakesh is getting into a fel annihilator. That doesn't work out so well. At the end of this, Velen, consumed with like just grief and like this sort of stern determination, goes to Grand Ar- Artificer Rommel and demands that he rebuilds the Exodar because he's going back to Argus.
0: bum!
1: So when I made that comment about get in, we're going to Argus get in, we're going to Argus hopefully because he's going to confront, he's going to confront Kill Jaden and Sargeras and, uh, at the home turf.
0: So, okay, let's go ahead and direct this a different direction. And I know that, I know that, um, Ezrian had a lot to say in their email. And I know that maybe we're not quite going the direction that, that you wanted us to go. But we kind of need to talk about this though. And I kind of want to direct this in a in a different direction. Obviously in Legion we're going to be combating the Burning Legion. Mm-hmm. If the Legion isn't the big bad of the universe. If it's actually this void thing. And the Legion is just dead set on wiping out the world. Because they think that it's the only way to counter the
2: void. The Legion is basically a Final Fantasy villain. Right. Um, but... Okay, so it's the Kefka. Anyway <laughs> Well seriously, like they, they want to destroy everything because they think that's the way to save it. Right. They burn the village to save it.
0: What I wanna know though, if this is the case, is there a possibility and do you think that Sargeras can be redeemed and join the Army of Light with us?
2: No.
1: No. I think that why. It, it, I well, think the Libra only...
2: needs to die.
1: I think that if he does have a moment of redemption, it'll uh, redemption it'll be self immolation or self destruction only. There's no re- there's no
0: well, like he'll realize back. the enormity of what he's done and just like
1: because at the end of things he's gonna have to destroy himself anyway to get his way. So I think that eventually, if he he's if there is anything for where he
0: waits,
1: yeah, that he's just going to do it. Like if he has this moment where he's like, "Wow, I really am just mucking things up a bit. Oh man, this is awful. Well, I was already prepared to do this one way or another." All right, see you later, guys. See, here's my thing.
2: And I'm I'm actually stealing from a Bioware game here, and it's not even a Bioware game firsthand. It's secondhand Bioware. But there's a a line in in Star Wars, uh, the old Knights of the Old Republic too, where Kreia says, "Redemption is a kind of fall. It's a spiritual collapse. It's you you come to a point where you realize your convictions are wrong. You've been wrong, and you change." I think Sargeras is not he he was brought to the point where he could have made that decision and instead he mm-hmm. killed everybody he cared about. Yep. So in order for this to work, honestly, first up I think we need the Titans need to pull themselves back together again. If we're going to confront Sargeras at some point, the Titans need to take an actual physical form again. They need to be more than just disembodied souls trapped in forms. Or we too need small to rebuild
0: the final Titan and make yeah.
2: Azeroth a reality? Or that's the other thing. I think we're much more likely to to wake up Azeroth, to to bring it to Whatever fruition it was going to be, you know, to get to give it its its true world soul has to awaken. And I'm I'm sorry, I really do kind of think it might be a loon. I honestly think a loon might be Azeroth. So um, I think at some point that might happen. But I don't think Sargeras. I feel like you get to a certain point and you've done too much to come back. You know what I mean? Like he he killed everyone he he loved. If he if he actually ever came to. There's not going back to the comic book. There's a point where the Martian Manhunter made the Joker sane. Oh God, I oh, remember that. No. I remember that. I, he, uh, yeah let yeah, talk about that. He forced the Joker's brain to order itself in a Normally, logical, yeah. rational manner, and the Joker realized the enormity of what he'd done. All the things the Joker had done, all the people he'd hurt and killed and poisoned and tortured, and and he's like, I have to fix it, and. The Joker was holding in his hands an artifact of untold cosmic power, and Lex Luthor yelled in his ear, make it so none of this ever happened! And he did, because, you know, he was so remorseful at that point. I think if Sargeras ever, like, actually recognized that his mistake, that this could have all been avoided, that they didn't have to burn everything, that they could have just worked on the Azeroth thing and gotten a Titan so powerful it could have led them into battle against the, the Void Lords... I think his options at that point were, like Joe says, self-immolation, or he'd simply just turn and walk away and everyone be like, where is he going? And the next time you'd see Sargeras, he'd be walking into the void to take as many of them with him as he could before he went down. Oh, I was going to say sad Hulk music, but I'll take that, too. Yeah, I honestly sad
0: Hulk music into the void.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's no way Sargeras could work with those people. How do you have Sargeras as the leader of your army of light? I mean, that's that's
1: no, he wouldn't. There's there's no way. Like, first of all, n- none of them would ever like accept him. Really? Yeah. Like, like we're good natured and we like, oh, you know, you did some bad stuff. Pat on the head. Here's a cookie in a warm blanket. Only so often he's destroyed countless lives across the galaxy in millennia
2: civilization like like you
1: know he he has he has literally raised the galaxy (laughs) like you don't forgive that it's that there's no like cookie big enough or like blanket warm enough to make that okay
0: the legion okay hold up we're gonna back it up a step okay and we're going to switch gears and i'm going to go to this one little quest chain in ashen vale in which you're, as an alliance player, you go through and you find this little well of a loon and you hear a voice that may or may not be a loon, which later purifies one of the satyr mm-hmm. and turns him back into a night elf. This is after his fell corruption at Sargeras's hands. He comes back to himself. Is it possible with a loon on our side, we could do the same thing to kill Jaden, Archimond, and the rest of the Aradar? Is it possible that we could do this with the, the, the races of the burning legion? Is it See, possible that we could purify the demons and pull them to our side?
2: Possible. I'd, I'd say possible, but I don't. That guy was redemptive. Like he already redeemed. He was already repentant. He already looked at what he'd done and said, I was wrong. This was wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. already made that decision. I don't know how we convince Kill Jaden he's been wrong about anything. It would have to be a really, really major one eighty. Yeah, I mean, Kill I'm just trying to think of who. You know, I don't even think Velen's got the chops to get into a no. conversation with Kill Jaden and have him come out of it going, "You're right, I was wrong." Although I I'm pretty sure mistake.
1: after I'm pretty sure after everything that's happened, Velen isn't going to do much talking with Kill Jaden now. Yeah, but just throwing that okay. out
0: there. Now going in another direction as well, and we're also going to address some stuff that happened in the Illidan novel and in Legion itself. Um, in the well, actually, in the short story, um, what is it? Prophet's, Prophet's lesson? lesson. Prophet's yeah. lesson. In in that short story, Velen looked at Anduin, and what he saw with Anduin was a, a leader that was going to lead the armies of Light, and it was kind of a profound vision. Right, mm-hmm. and you could kind of see that in Anduin, because Anduin's always been kind of a goody-goody. Let's face it. In the novel Illidan, in the end of that book, Illidan encounters a N'aru on Kil'jaeden's homeworld, and that N'aru shows him himself being that leader of the Army of Light. Now, I'm going to assume that as visions, these are both just like prophecies of
2: things that
0: could potentially happen.
2: Well, plus, I mean, do you think that are only one army, for, like one leader for this entire army of light? Yeah. No, it's gonna have to be a multiple. If you look at it
1: from the idea of is it say, gonna
0: legions, be a triumvirate?
1: Maybe. But let, let's so we've say, got
0: Velen and when Illidan.
1: Maybe the
2: necessarily doesn't even necessarily need to be in it though.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's. I think Velen's gonna be kind of not an advisor.
2: Part of Military advisor.
1: (laughs) No, I think Velen's going to have his own thing. So here's my, here's my, at least what I assume is going to happen. Velen's going to be off doing his own thing. He knows what his purpose is now, and he's going to go and do that. And whatever his job is, whatever his purpose is, it's not going to be leading the armies of light, but it'll be doing something alongside the armies of light. The armies of light are going to be a construct of what is essentially mortals touched by the light in some regard. And I think that there's going to be a third, possibly more that rise up to take those spots. The only ones we know of, or at least we can make the assumption of. Are really going to be Anduin because of you know Prophet's Lesson and because of the Illidan novel Illidan. There could be more. There could be other things that occur. There could be other things that happen during the course of Legion that bring other ones to the to the forefront. For that, it could be a triumvirate. It could be more. And I'm thinking about this in the idea of you're talking about a Legion style size army. That's what the Warriors of Light are going to be, right? In classic. Classic real life historical context, you can't have an army that big and only have one leader. You have multiple people that convene and then delineate orders. I think we're going to get more than three. I don't think it's going to be a triumvirate. I think it's going to be, you know, several of these iconic heroes become generals. Become leaders of this army of light, and I think that's what's going to happen.
0: All
2: of us, all of us, will be
0: leaders of the army of the light, and all the friends that
2: we've made along the way. What? This is this is absolutely nothing to do with anything except that you know you reminded me of it. One of the things about illidan being one of these figures, people have been like, that's crazy, but I think you really need to think about one thing about illidan We focus a lot on his frustration, on the things he wanted that he couldn't get. Like, you know, he couldn't get the love of Taronda. He couldn't get the arcane power he's always hungered for. Um, but there's one thing that we really don't focus on. The thing that Illidan really wants most that he can't get is the approval of his brother. Yeah. You don't see it that often, but you do at the end when he says, there's been ages of enmity between us, but I would see it end. And it's the closest Illidan can get to saying, please, you know, I don't want us to fight. I never wanted to fight you. You know, that's why this is so hard. If Toronto loved anybody else, Illidan's response would have been to kill that person. Yeah. He just would fair. have killed him. He just would have killed that person and covered it up and gone after Toronto after she'd grieved for a couple hundred years. But it was Malfurion. He couldn't hurt Malfurion. They're twins, they are as close as anybody can get. And yet his brother is continuously disappointed in him. And honestly, this. Doesn't surprise me that, you know, if you look at the Illidan novel, if you look at Illidan's actions, he always does things secure, you know, secure in the knowledge that he knows better than everybody else. That's always the way he acts. But that doesn't he's never joined the Legion and meant it. In fact, I think that's the reason Kil'jaeden keeps forgiving him, because Kil'jaeden loves that Illidan lies right to his face. It—it Illidan
0: is the only one with that kind of impertinence
2: yeah it's like i know you're lying to me i can't actually see it because you've done something weird to your mind and i'd have to destroy you to see it but i know you're lying to me but as the great deceiver i respect you're that. lying right to my face do you know my name you're beautiful beautiful madman oh i, wa- <laughs> I want to see where this goes Now i have this
1: picture now i have this picture of him just sitting on like this shay lounge with like a picture of illidan like just like pawing at it like you
2: beautiful creature ah illidan you little bastard i read your book <laughs> i know what you're up now out now it's out now no um
0: <laughs> so um Ezrian, to kind of address your question as far as as far as velan's attitude and his sort of kind of detachment it, as it appears in rise of the horde i would actually really recommend if you haven't and i'm guessing that you haven't you go read velan prophet's lesson because it actually addresses a lot of that a lot of how Velen felt about all of this, and how Velen looks at the world and the universe, and the people that he encounters day to day, and kind of the enormity of that. um And it's a really interesting read. It's just an interesting read because it's it, it's a look at a character that
1: it's really insane. We
0: haven't really had a deep dive into Velen. No.
1: Um,
0: and I was kind of hoping that with Warlords we would get more information on Velen, but instead we got the other Velen. We got Proto Velen or whatever.
2: Yeah, Over it's there unfor- and it's unfortunate that we didn't like have honestly, I would have loved it if they'd done something where like both Velens had foreseen that moment and like our villain had always been confused as to why it didn't happen. Right. And then he's like, Oh, because it happens here. Because okay. It was-
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I think that we learned, the important thing that we learned about Velen from warlords of Draenor is that this dude is so powerful that
2: he can redeem a Naru
0: just. Like he can that. redeem a Naro just by thinking about it. And he sacrificed himself to do it. And he didn't really hesitate either. He just kind of looked at Earl, did the boop thing, stepped into it and said, okay, let's go.
2: The holy mm-hmm. boop, I love it.
0: Yeah, the holy boop. <laughs> went, boop. But yeah, it, it's that's the big thing that we took away from Warlords. And what applies to that villain. Also applies to our own Velen. It's just a side of him that we don't see. We've never seen it because our Velen is that Velen, only angrier
2: and slightly more tired. It's like, uh, blaming Velen and the, the Drenai for the Burning Legion invasion. is like blaming a family that escaped, like the fall of of, of Norway, and went into France for for the Germans going into France it's yep. not their fault. They're the not Germans.
0: related. Yeah, they're not related. It's
2: sure the, the Germans are looking for those people because they they escaped Norway, and we wanted you know so we're still looking for them. But no, it's it's really not their fault. That I invasion hate, hate, was
0: I, going to happen
2: regardless. Hate to use World War Two as an example, but if I tried to say like World War One, people would know what I'm talking about. So, unfortunately, World War Two is the more famous war. Um, but in terms of it, like a, a lot of the stuff you're saying, no, uh, Velen is. It's it's victim blaming at the highest to blame Velen for the Legion. It's like it, it's blaming somebody who got their house hijacked for like moving to a new house. And then that I wouldn't house necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call it that because if you've
0: only read Rise of the Horde, I could see where you would get that impression. And I think that Prophet's Lesson kind of helped explain that a little bit and got us a closer look at Velen because you got kind of a look at Velen.
2: See, in Rise
0: of the Horde, but you didn't really get, like, the bigger
2: picture. Even in Rise of the Horde, though, he does try talking to the orcs. Yeah, he does. He does go to them and say, guys, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Um, it, it doesn't go so well for him. And
0: you... Yeah, yeah. it doesn't go so well for him.
2: <laughs> it's like it's not like, you know, it's not like he's... Honestly, though, the the Draenei did kind of... One of the things I will say is the Draenei didn't do themselves any favors by basically hiding. Like, the orcs didn't know them very well. Like, they were, like, ghosts to the to the orcs. They... When Velen has his conversation with with Orgrim and Durotan, I think it's the first conversation an orc has gotten to have with them, any of them in, like, a hundred years. They just – they don't mix. No. So I get, I get why people think that the, the Draenei could have done more, but really there isn't – Velen goes right to Ashagon. He he basically puts himself in Durotan's custody and says, look, I we – we don't want this war. I have no idea what's going on here. I, here I am. I, I know you. Can't we work this out? And Duratan has to basically say no. Uh, and you need to get out of here right now because if you're still here, I'm going to be ordered to hand you over. So you need to not be here.
0: You, you need to vacate the premises. Sorry. And yeah, what Duratan had to do in Rise of the Horde was kind of difficult for him. And it's another one of those things where it's like, Duratan wasn't blameless himself because he did go into that Drenai village and he did cut them down he went into was it Talar
2: yeah that's Talar. When he went the into,
0: yeah he he had to go to Talar and he had to basically slaughter every Drenai that he saw there or he would lose his entire clan um and Gul'dan pretty much had him in a vice grip there wasn't a heck of a lot that he could have done about it um there's only so much that one small group can stand up against. And I guess that's kind of an echo of Velen's story too, because Velen was in that same position. There's only so much that one small group of Drenai can stand up against. Um, And Velen's very aware of it. And he's not, he hasn't been unaffected by it. Oh no, no. So I would read, I would read prophet's lesson. Anyway, we should probably start wrapping it up. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible to do the generous contributions at patreon.com slash watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ad-free site experience. And if you want to know more about what's going on, um, we do actually for the l- listeners of uh, Blizzard Watch, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. Service. They have the Illidan book right now. You can get that with your free 30-day trial. And the end of that book and that vision that Illidan sees, that whole interaction with the Naru, and that whole vision of the army of light, that does kind of tie directly into what we were talking about today. So you can download that or you can d- download any of Blizzard's other titles on Audible. And you can go there by checking out blizzardwatch.com Audible for that Free 30day trial um, but since we want to go ahead and wrap this up first off I honestly I, I kind of want to thank Ezrian, because they gave us something really interesting to talk about this time around <laughs> and if you do have anything that you'd like to hear us discuss in future episodes of war of lore watch please feel free to email us at podcast at com. put lore watch in the subject line and we will see about making that happen um, Rossi final
2: thoughts uh the, the whole there's so much going on right now that we're gonna find out more of in Legion. I really feel like lore-wise, I don't know how it's gonna play out in terms of playing it, but lore-wise, this is the expansion we wanted last time. Very um, much so. It, it's the expansion we've all. I, I feel. I hate saying it because it feels like dismissive and it's not meant to be. But Warlords of Draenor feels like it was just a prologue, and this is the real story that we were waiting to 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 get into. I kind of wish maybe
0: that we'd gone about it the other way around. There would have been a way to wiggle that. But, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, Joe, final thoughts?
1: I'm kind of with Rossi on this one. I feel like Legion is what we've always wanted lore-wise, at least from what I've seen so far. Uh, Every every class has a unique story. Everything has this sort of... uh, Breath and depth that we've been looking for and longing for and I feel like draenor was just sort of the beginning I also feel like a lot of the questions that people have Um are going to be answered very very shortly Uh when they start playing through their own unique experiences, but in the meantime like ann said Please send us your questions and anything you want to know We're more than happy to dive into that stuff because I'd have a ton of fun doing this And I want to keep doing it and you guys are awesome
0: (laughs) We um well, first off, I have to say, yeah, Legion is one of those expansions where it's got like a little bit of something for everybody because there's a there's a lot of heavy worgen storyline in there. There's a lot of heavy human stuff going down. There's a lot of stuff going down with the mages. There's a lot of elf floor going on. And yeah. on top of that, you have all of the Titan stuff and the naru mm-hmm. stuff and the everything. There's a lot of lore in this expansion just yeah. through the leveling experience. And my only hope is that that continues carrying on. After you hit max level and we get some substantial story moments out of that, um, yeah. mm-hmm. whether regardless of whether or not we actually go to Argus next
1: expansion, although with
0: Valen's declaration seems kind of like I'm, huh? I'm just
1: saying I called it. I'm just saying it right now. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on record. I'm going to go on record as saying it.
2: Joe, I've got articles from 2007 saying we should have an argument. Don't <laughs> don't you steal my cloud song? He already
0: did. <laughs> so many years ago.
2: I'm um, just and saying.
0: As a head up heads up for our listeners, we will be recording a special edition of Lore Watch next weekend. I know, like really early, right? We're also going to be releasing it to everybody immediately, and that's because the Warcraft movie comes out on the 10th and we're uh, all gonna go see this thing and we want to give you obviously our first impressions of it so we'll be recording a lore watch probably sometime next weekend and having a little chit chat about the movie and how that played out
2: and I will likely be going to it the day before and I will likely be listening to it rather than watching it but I'm still gonna go
0: yeah that's fine we're gonna chit chat obviously about the lore in the movie universe which again just to reiterate for people that are planning on seeing the movie this week it's a separate entity from the Warcraft universe as we know it, game-wise. Two different yeah. things:
2: Marvel Comics, get,
0: Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe, if Warcraft video game, Orgrim,
2: Warcraft movie. If we can get movie Orgrim in our game, I would be perfectly happy with it. Movie yes. Orgrim is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: he's pretty amazing. Can we, can we, just, can we just trade out like what's happened with that? Because I. I'd be- <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be better than what we got in Draenor. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap us up. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week.